Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Welcome to the show. It's brought to you with Levi Solicitors. There is a 10% discount on your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Hottest day in history today in Leeds and in the studio. I'm Dan Moylan with me, Michael Normanson and uh, Rob's here because Moscow, Moscow, is he all right? Has he melted in the heat? I know he gets very frail. Yeah, he's, he's not getting any younger, is he? You can't, you can't have your nan walking around Leeds on days like this looking for a bus. If you do live near him, check in on him. Just make sure he's um, he's hydrated. Feed him, um, feed him cold water through his letterbox. I don't know what you do. I don't know how you look after old people. If, if anyone knows, let me know. TSB Plus members get a discount on our summer special, which is on sale now. It's a glorious thing. 164 pages looking back on the season that's just gone as we head in towards a new season and renewed optimism. Um, all stuff we will get into in the coming minutes. But if you do want to have a look at TSB Plus, it really, really helps support us. The squareball.net forward slash plus. There's absolutely loads of benefits. New season gets two and a half weeks away. Do you want the weather to be this warm when we kick off against Wolves or would you prefer it like Everton last year when it rained? I want shorts and t-shirt for mm-hmm. opening day. That's the right the right way of doing it. Are you going to wear your new kit? Um, no, probably not. Even the one from DHK? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you could get them from anywhere else. Oh, did you not? Know? <laughs> uh, no, maybe not. I might wear, I'll wear a t-shirt. Should we start on the kit then? rather than the uh, the football. We'll do the friendlies after we've spoken about the kit because we know it's obviously the most important thing in the world, mm. what Adidas serve up for us. Um, we've only seen the home kit so far. What do you make of it? It's nice. Best one they've done, mm-hmm. I would say. They still can't get the yellow quite right and the blues never... It's never quite like on on brand for me for Leeds colours, but it's, um, it's good. I like it. Yeah, it's the best one yet. It's a little bit Macron gold, isn't it? But, mm. you know, compared to last season's, it's not fluorescent yellow, so... I'll take it. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm scoring it about 8 out of 10, I think, as a shirt. Losing a couple of half marks for the blue and the yellow being close, but not quite there. And I think the sponsors always either make or break a shirt, ultimately, and there's bow top, which will probably get booted next summer because of the... Um, it's a voluntary... It's going to be a voluntary gambling ban, isn't it, before the government make them do it? Yeah, they always do voluntary stuff ahead of being forced to do things. It's just that it's the way the gambling industry works. And um, Wish as well on the sleeve which came as a, a bolt out of the blue would you like to have seen anybody else on the sleeves local firms with excellent merchandise Michael um, I mean you, if you are on YouTube if you're watching this on YouTube you'll probably know what I'm referring to if not if you're on the audio version um, Michael has an assortment of products 
in front of him because he's a, he's a dirty little whore. It's quite um, <laughs> um and black. Oh, these. Yeah. Oh, sorry, these. Yeah, no, I just, I, I just left these on the table. I was I was um, doing some cleaning. An, an assortment of astonished products that have been sent to you. Why? Because uh, I said some nice things about them last week. Um, things like their um, antibacterial oven and grill cleaner. It's got. Um, I will say, you know, is that it just? Can you open it up? Is that the orange thing? It's got. A, I think it's got a sponge inside it. Yeah, because I've used that before on the oven. It's very good. Stop trying to. I'm getting the free stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm, so it's the yeah, high, there you go. There's your sponge. There you go. It's the, yeah, it's the high sense stuff that we want. We want next, isn't it? That's <laughs> you know. I mean, no offense, astonished. It's been great. Um, yeah, wish as a sponsor. Bit low rent. Kicking off our good friends, Box T, as Moscow calls them, Boxed, who uh, help sponsor us on the walk as well. Mm. I mean, they are a Leeds company, a, a box, don't they? Great mm. bunch of lads as well. Yes. We should say that because so they did. I just couldn't get a boiler in shot. Was the, was the, <laughs> the problem because they did help us out with some sponsorship money for the walk, and they come yeah. off a load of, load of costs. So, well, if you're not sponsoring. Leeds United's sleeves. We've got room for you here. Speaking <laughs> to the same audience. It's very true. Yeah, 8 out of 10 for the kit for me. We lose a couple of half marks because of the uh, the sponsors and the colours are not quite right. But overall, no complaints. I think the, the shorts and socks are a bit lazy as well. I can't remember them. But there's generic Adidas. Oh, are they? Yeah, so just like a slightly different short compared to last year. Like, it would have been nice to see some of this blue and yellow piping on the shorts, but I'm not going to buy them either way. <laughs> so I don't really care. Well, if they go to like 15 quid next summer, yeah, maybe. I mean, if the um, it's kind of the the tale of Adidas so far with us, isn't it? Is it's all a bit been a bit generic, like all the training wear and stuff in the shop. You look at all Arsenal's really nice stuff they get, and then you kind of go in the Leeds shop, and it's just a blue Adidas t-shirt with a Leeds badge it's ironed. Sports on. Direct, but with a, a Leeds badge ironed on the wrong tip. Yeah, it's just all a bit. Uh, I mean, it's fine. And again, we're not we're not quite high enough tier for them yet, but we sell an absolute shed load of stuff, don't we? It's just what we're saying is Adidas. Just be more grateful. Yes, very much so. <laughs> do, and just do some better stuff, because loads of people would buy it. But don't make it have Macron again. No. Although Macron have done some alright stuff since since they mm. left us, or we left them, whichever it was. I think, I think Chilino bailed on that deal, didn't he? Because mm. um, didn't Bates structure it that it was over five years and all the money was up front, but each year we had to buy more and more stuff. So that's why we ended up with like 800,000 Karma Gold kits that they couldn't, <laughs> they couldn't give away. It's funny because we, we spoke to Ed Cowburn, who's a kit designer and he's worked with Adidas in the past, hasn't he? It was on the Extra Ball last summer, which is worth going back and having a listen to, just talking about kit design. And we sort of rated last year's kits, you know, the Luminous one and the Leicester Chelsea Blue and all that. And he was saying that Adidas is basically like, it's a fulfillment house as much as anything. It's not really, they don't really ask, they're not asked about design. It's as much about distribution, um, which they've got badly wrong this year because of <laughs> supply chain issues, because you can't buy it until the end of August. So, yeah, great. Enjoying the deal when I do that. <laughs> it does seem a bit sloppy, does the uh, the fact it's not available to buy at the start of the season. Mm. And it, it, it always happens with us as well, doesn't it? Mm. Like I think you were talking about recently, there was that um, friendly at Geisley, where they were wearing a training kit. Mm. And you just think, why does it always happen to us? I know there might be legitimate reasons for a supply chain issue, but it is always with Leeds, isn't it? Although they can redeem themselves a bit if we get the, we're supposed to be getting a yellow away kit in some form or another. So whether that looks all right or not. I just don't want it to look like another crappy generic Adidas kit. Available in January, out of date in May. <laughs> Fantastic. Excellent. Um, we have worn said kit in a couple of games now. Did you watch both Brisbane Raw and Aston Villa? Mm-hmm. Not you, live. Did you get up for Villa? No. I watched, no. The, uh, I watched the rerun of it. Uncommitted. <laughs> I know. Sorry. Do you know? Do you want to know? I woke up naturally at 5.30 that morning. I hadn't set an alarm and I woke up at 5.30 and I thought, I'm going to get up and watch it now. Can you believe that? You're in tune with Leeds United, aren't you? Yep, you're not. No, I'm not. No, I had a good sleep. Uh, what did you make of it then? Should we talk about Villa first? Because Brisbane Raw, probably, because you know, the players were not as fit as they were against Villa and it wasn't quite as strong a side 
And, um, and Brisbane are not any good, are we? Let's be honest. No, although we made them look good. <laughs> well, for some of it, yeah. We, second half. we kind of started all right, didn't we? It um, went a bit wrong. It was a Dan James show for 20 minutes, wasn't it? And then he'd done his job, took him off. Mm. That was it. So you need him for half an hour. Yeah. I know, I know. What, what did you make of the Villa game then? Because I, I did watch this and it felt like a bit of a madness to be getting up at 5.30 in the morning, but... You know, the things you do for your football team. To watch a match refereed by a man who'd stepped out of 1992, which was interesting, going on those sorts of rules, wasn't he? He was just letting a lot go. I mean, let's, all right, then let's do that first, then the, the Archie Gray injury and the begin tackle and all the stuff that led, that led up to it. What do you make of it? I don't think he necessarily started the tackle because he let he just let loads of stuff go up to that point. So he was kind of inviting it on, I think. in the Like Mings should have been booked twice in the first half because he's... Which is a sending off. Which is a sending off, yeah. I think he described him last year as like a wrecking ball of a human, mm. Mings. And he, is, he just wanders around the pitch booting people and doing random stuff. He's, he's an awful player. But yeah, he was allowed to get away with it. And then he seems to refuse to book anyone until a child came on. And I didn't think, I didn't think Gray's tackle was that bad. And it was on Buendia. And we've seen Buendia roll around like that every single time he's tackled. Like he was at it at Ellen Road Lowe's last year. Yeah. So I don't think he was even, even caught particularly there. I think he made a big fuss of it. And then McGinn thought, He'd be the hard man it and, wasn't, and sort of carry out a bit of retribution. Well, the Wendy thing, it wasn't quite clear, was it, from the angle that caught it close up, exactly what had happened because it was from behind Archie Gray and his kind of legs went away from the camera. But you could see him, it sort of swept in and you give him the benefit of the doubt. It looks like he's, he's got the ball, maybe caught a bit of the man on the way through as Wendy stood on him. Let's go with that. <laughs> give Gray the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, the ball went miles away. Like he clearly got mm. the ball. He might have caught the man a little bit, but considering what had gone on previously... To make that the first booking of the game mm. was mental. And then I think it was just after that Buendia sort of went steaming into two tackles. He, he caught one player who was clearing it and then he got up and pushed Yelder over from behind. I think it was after the tackle or maybe just before. I can't quite remember. Mm. Um, but then the McGinn one was just pathetic, really, wasn't it? Like he's 16 years old, sort of. I, I, don't, think you see, I don't think you can factor that into it. I don't think you can. If you're going to put him out there in a game then age doesn't matter. Just what you say to your kids in the gap. <laughs> Boot those little bastards. <laughs> I think it also, I mean, Gerard's comments afterwards though sort of added that sense of he was out to get retribution on this little child who'd dared to go near their number 10. I just don't think he, he was worthy of retribution was my, my main point. Do you think it was it? retribution? Yeah, of course it was. And I'm asking this, I mean, I know obviously all Leeds fans will say, you know, you're trying to, do, I'm not trying to defend John McGinn. I'm just genuinely want to explore the idea that he didn't mean it. Because you know, ah, the other side of the argument is that he didn't, but did he? It'd be in character for him. Mm. He's that, he's that. Snidey. Yeah. Look at his face, for God's sake. The face <laughs> of a criminal. <laughs> <laughs> but I, no, I think he meant it. In the way he kind of, the way he goes into the tackle, he, he turns away at that point that he's doing it. It's like he knows he's, he's just leaving it in. And... Yeah, because if, if you're turning away from the tackle, that suggests that you know you're not going to get to it, doesn't it? And look, I think what I'm trying to get at is that these things happen really, really quickly. And a lot of what happens just happens instinctively. So we're saying instinctively McGinn wants to hurt people and young, innocent Archie Gray, who we've already mm. given the benefit if of the McGinn doubt McGinn wasn't a footballer, he'd be in prison. Is that true? <laughs> no, no idea. He might be a nice fella. No idea. <laughs> but yeah, so he knows he's not quite getting to that, which is why he's turning away from it. But he still managed to leave his leg up with his studs up and went oh, well over the ball. Mm. I think the um, the lack of kind of concern afterwards suggests there might have been a bit of spite in there from McGinn. Because mm. it, it didn't, you know, if it is a pre-season friendly and you catch someone and you don't mean it and they're on the floor, hurt, there might be a sense of, oh shit, I'm really sorry about that, mate. Mm. But there didn't seem to be that from McGinn. He sort of lingered over Gray for a little bit, patted him on the chest while he was crying and then walked off. I think um, like most things in 
football and life that I hey I blame Dean Smith for all of this basically because <laughs> yeah. every player he's ever managed seems to be a little prick quite frankly like even going back to his Brentford days that seemed to start that little bit of spite between the two teams should we mm. say and then it's carried on to Villa as well where all the games seem to have that kind of slight edge to them and mm. it's a friendly and I don't know just can't really be asked. Like I, I didn't want to be wound up by a pre-season friendly, to be honest. Uh, the, the ref did, in fairness to him, let Bamford away with one of the most obvious bookings you've ever seen as well, where he'd just been he'd been fouled over on the... It was one of those where he's jumping and the defender just walks underneath him, so he, he falls on his it, back. He went right into his kidneys, didn't he? Yeah, like it was, that's, it's a really dangerous tackle, is that? Well, it's not a tackle, it's a dangerous thing. He just jump, He's our man jumping him. Well, if I go underneath him, he'll, just, he'll fall on his neck here. So yeah. fine, I'll try that. But then, but then, like a minute later, Bamford just absolutely twatted him in the ankle as he was clearing it, and the ref just let both things go. So. And and when he got annoyed at that, Bamford actually, if you saw it, you sort of you didn't get exactly what he said, but by reading his lips and his body language, he was just saying, "Well, you let that go, so this is me just doing it back to you because you did that to me, so I'm doing that to you just to prove a point here." Yeah, but I did notice when they squared up. Um, what was his name? The uh, then you signed in Diego it? Carlos, wasn't it? It's very thick chest on the man, <laughs> aren't they? I did think if, if this goes into a fight here, you're in trouble, Bamford. What, what constitutes a thick chest? Well, just when he turned side sideways on, he was just a, a lot of depth. Just a, he just had a huge amount of peck on him. I noticed, so um, I'm, I'm glad he didn't descend into a fight. So it wasn't just a barrel chest; it was definitely a thick chest. I'm going to say thick. Excellent. Yeah, but yeah, the ref. It was uh, Adam Kersey, wasn't it? Who was the A League ref? Who um, the Aussie Whites who were responding to the tweet that we put out to the effect that he was shit, sort of saying, yeah, we get this every week. Um, he did just ref it really, really weirdly. It was almost like he was caught up in the occasion to me and thought, well, this is a pre-season friendly, so we don't want to start booking people now. But the, the game just got a bit out of hand and sort of spiralled towards that moment with Gray. Yeah, I mean, if it was a, a, a league game and it's this sort of tastiness, you almost quite enjoy it. But as it was, it just was like, oh, fucking hell, let's not, get, let's not get a load of people injured early on. Because like, the Bamford one where he fell on, he kind of fell on his lower back, but could have could have been quite badly hurt from that sort of stuff. And equally, when Bamford booted the fella back, he could have, you never you never quite know what's going to happen when you, the angles people's legs are planted. So if Bamford had broken his ankle just by booting him, then the whole thing feels like a, you know, a bit of a futile exercise. Isn't it funny what happens when they take VAR away? <laughs> like, yeah. if, if VAR was watching that game you get the sense that there might not have been necessarily a red card but the players would probably have behaved themselves more and it would have been interesting to see what VAR made of uh, of McGinn's challenge on Gray I mean Rasmus Christensen was asking for VAR for the penalty wasn't it when uh, it clearly <laughs> yeah. Adams in the chest sort of, sort of yeah and, uh, look at the big telly <laughs> well yeah that, uh, it was uh, Urense and Mele wasn't it pointing to the telly which the referee just refused to look at the big well, screen did he not to my mind he was sort of saying yeah I know I know like yeah, I know, but it's too late there's now. I've given it. Do. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's nothing I can do. But yeah, so Christensen was running to the touchline looking for the pitch side monitor, wasn't he? And then he, he had to sprint back when he realised they were taking the penalty. And if he was asking me for a telly, I'd give him a telly. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's true. But uh, yeah, it wasn't a penalty, either, was it? No, not at all. Um, not at all. I mean, again, you can't get too upset, can you? No, nah, it doesn't, doesn't matter. And also, anyway, like in in a way, the first one good because you we don't got, want we the got Queen, s- you don't want the Queensland champions cup or oh, cup plate trophy I've bars. Never, I've never seen us win a. Well, sort of seen as win the league back in the, a long time ago, but well, that would uh, that would really really be something. The cherry on the icing, yeah, and so just on. get the uh, get the open top boss out again, get it round Leeds. But yeah, I mean, we got to see the the nice save from Melier, didn't we? Afterwards, which was yeah, he was brilliant. Wasn't he? Like the penalty amazing. save, fantastic double save, and then that save afterwards from Watkins was brilliant. Also, the Watkins one normally when people come out like that, they spread themselves and it hits a bit of them. But it's the way it's going past him and he whips his arm up. It's he did his job. It's ridiculously good reactions. Right? Yeah. I don't think I don't think the vast majority of keepers would be able to do that. 
Let's um, run the rule quickly then, if we can, over the new boys from what we've seen in the two games so far. Um, should we start alphabetically? Aronson always going to win that race um, with a double A at the start of his name. What have you made of him? I like him. He looks good, doesn't he? He looks really good. He did a nice little... Busy, he's busy. ...little through ball. And I can see how he fits Marsh's system well. Mm. Like he picks it up and plays it quickly. Seems to be his thing. Yeah, he's very... You can tell the Red Bull players that we've signed because they seem very attuned to the winning the ball up high and getting it forward very, very quickly and direct. And uh, yeah, he sort of just buzzes around, doesn't he? And makes a nuisance of himself. I think um, Marsh has said he, he needs to kind of sharpen up maybe in front of goal, but he expects that to, to come. You know, he's played like two games, isn't it? Um, there was the, it was the first game, wasn't it? The Brisbane game where he scored after 18 seconds or whatever, very, very blatantly offside. But <laughs> I think he was closer than you think, than you realise. I mean, it was one of those where when you saw it real time, you thought, yeah, he's offside. I'd want lines drawn on VAR, let's put it that way. <laughs> Wouldn't you? I thought he looked offside. Just. I'm, I prefer, like, you know, actually, great. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I, I really like the look of him. Uh, he, I think he'll, there'll be some fun moments with him this season. And it must be really annoying to play against because he never stops running. Yeah, and given he's, I mean, I don't know whose place he would be taking from last year's team, but if it's Rodrigo, <laughs> mm. if, who you don't get a lot of running from. A big improvement, I would say. Just on Rodrigo. Still it looks a bit... And it's only pre-season, but and still, is, still just that little bit of troublesome vibe about him. It's not happening, is it? I, I just don't know. I don't think it is. And you don't want to write a player off b- before the season's even started, but you can just see the same kind of issue, can't you? Like the, the physicality and what looks to be a lack of desire. And just giving the ball away as well yeah. against, like, against Brisbane. He just gave the ball away several times and you, like not to be if there are any not that there will be any Brisbane fans listening not to be too mean about their team but it's it's a shit team like there, <laughs> yeah. are, there are not any players in their team that get in our team so we should really be beating them quite easily and our record signing should be looking better than that against them and he just it's just not happening he's not going to be in the 11 against Wolves though is he I, I just I don't know I wouldn't have thought so I don't know I kind of feel like Aronson takes his place mm. I, I don't really see I just see him as like a bench player this season if he's going to be around and yeah, as long as he's not starting, I'm kind of cool with that. Which is, it's a bit frustrating because you can see he's kind of, he's got the football brain, hasn't he? And he's done something, like last season he did some really nice link up play with um, Rafinha. They just seem to have a really good understanding. He's got that vision, but it Mm. just all seems to happen just a bit too slow. But let's not write him off yet. We have still got two and a half weeks for him to get up to speed. Or maybe he's just, you know, just doing that pre-season thing of easing into it. But I still, my my concerns have not been allayed, I think is the the fairest way to put it. But um, there's a long way to go for all of them. Adams, um, I had to re- hastily rearrange this list because I, I got all confident and excited and said, we'll do these in alphabetical order and they weren't in alphabetical <laughs> order on this list in front of me. So I've had to rearrange them. Sorry, I did the list. I just yeah. put them on haphazardly um, in the order I remembered them. Adams, I like the look of him as well. Mm, yeah, I think, I think well, we'll come on to Rocker in a minute, but I think the two of them as a midfield pairing. Well, let's do them now because you've mentioned him. Yeah, I think it looks decent. It's hard to know where it all fits together because I've still... Felt like against Villa, we were we were too central again. I was there were bits where I was just desperate for people to peel off to the wings again. But that's not the fault of the central players. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I think those two look look like probably quite they complement each other quite nicely. Mm, I think I think a big part of their job is when the fullbacks bomb forward, they sort of cover. Mm. But part of the problem against Villa was that they also had midfielders to kind of mark as well, so it all got a little bit stretched. But Adams seems to again similar to Aronson, where he kind of buzzes about, wins the ball, intercepts things. Where I think Rocker is even though he looks kind of a physically sturdier player, is more of the passer of those two. Um, so you can see where they could complement each other quite nicely. I really like the look of Rocker. I just think he's he just he's got it. He's got that, whatever that little secret sauce is in terms of like his passing and stuff. I just think, I think he's got that. My early assessment. I think he's got red cards in it too. <laughs> yeah. 
Probably, yeah. Every time, well, I've said every time I've seen him play, I've seen him play twice. No, three times. Did he play against Blackpool? Yeah, I can't yeah, 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 yeah. A few yeah, people out in that as well. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was the game I was thinking of as well, where he just overruns things a bit and lunges in and you go, ooh. In, but um, no, I like him. In the game I watched of him playing for Bayern Munich against Jesse Marsh's RB Salzburg, he got sent off in that for two yellow card tackles, which are exactly what we've seen in pre-season, where he's just a little bit late. Not malicious, but just a little bit late and catches someone. Um, and I think it was around that time there was stories of Hansi Flick, who was the Bayern manager back then, was kind of working on him, uh, working with him after training on sort of his defensive positioning and yeah, his tackling and things like that. So you can can see why he needed to improve mm-hmm. that, I think. But as I say, I think that will likely be more of Tyler Adams' job in this team. JB, we've got a definitive pronunciation from the man's mouth himself. Darko JB is JB. JB. Um, so apologies to Darko JB for all the mangling of his name. Giabi, All that. All those. JB. JB. I mean, what I noticed most of all is he's a right big bastard for 18. <laughs> isn't he? He's huge. He is. He is. Could teach Archie Gray a thing or two. Why isn't he bigger? <laughs> Get yourself sturdy. <laughs> Archie Gray's still prepubescent. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've not seen much of him, has he? But it looks, it looks big. Looks all right. He yeah. does. He does. Yeah. And, a, and a midfielder, which is what I was hoping for. Loads of midfielders. So if it means we don't have to move Cock there, if he's, you know, if he's kind of good enough to fill in when, when people are, um, are injured, good. And also, I think he sort of carries himself in that kind of Charlie Creswell way. He carries himself with a lot of confidence beyond his years. He seems to sort of uh, look at home on a football pitch rather than nervous. There was one um, really nice pass into the box from him against Brisbane, I think it was, um, which Joffy kind of failed to gamble on. And you could see Joffy was really annoyed at himself afterwards. And I think um, JB, is that what we're going with? Yeah. Yep. Um, I've been remembering the letters J and B. <laughs> yeah. He, I think that um, passing range as well. Uh, we've probably not seen a great deal of it, but there are little hints of it. Christensen, he's going to be great, isn't he? You can just sense it. I mean, everybody's willing him to be great. He's got cult hero, that air about him. He just seems big, doesn't go hiding. He goes looking for the ball, wants to get involved, runs up the wing. Slight nutty air about him. Mm. Um, like he could get pissed off quite easily. He's got a slight bull in the china shop air about yeah. him, which I enjoy a great deal. Yeah, he just, he's just got the, a, a sort of um, a no-nonsense face, is what I could say about him. You know, was it Rafinha when we signed him? He said he had a dickhead's haircut. Yeah. He's just got, he's always got no haircut, hasn't he? Christensen, it's just like, just get this done. Yeah. <laughs> I just need to get out and run around some more. Just cut some hair off. I'm going out again. <laughs> Make it practical. Yeah, exactly. No, I think it'd be good. Um, and again, nice to have options. He's kind of got Leeds player written all over him, hasn't he? Um, just doesn't really seem to give a fuck, quite frankly, <laughs> which, which is good. Yeah, he's, he's like the Premier League Carl Dickinson. I think we've made that comparison. Yeah. In the past. With a bit of Pontus thrown in, maybe as well. Yeah, which I think is what this team needs. A bit, uh, bit of character and a bit of bullishness. It'll do us good. I mean, Phil said on the Phil Hayes show on Thursday last week, it was um, that we could just do with sort of a Christensen on the other side. And a couple of people like on Twitter picked him up like, well, how do we know if he's any good? But he's just got that air of being a decent, capable footballer. And I'd like to see that on the, on the left-hand side as well, given that we don't really have anyone out there. Did you not like Jackie Harrison there? given that we didn't really have anyone. We <laughs> didn't like Leif Davis there. I mean, that's not Jack Harrison's natural position, is it, for a, for a start. Leif Davis, I don't want to write him off, but I don't necessarily see him being the future of our left-back problem. His, um, I mean, he's not the, the problem. He's not the person to solve it. His reaction to giving away the penalty, which was obviously hit his hand and he went down holding his face, I think he does deserve credit for that. Sort mm-hmm. of Stephen Taylor at Newcastle, wasn't it? Yeah, when he it hit was. him on the chest and he looked like he'd been shot. I did, I did really <laughs> like that. It was very good acting. Yeah. We, yeah. we didn't mention that in the Villa game, did we? Um, have we seen much of Sinistera yet to form any sort of judgment? I don't think we have, have we? Not really. 
no, I don't feel like we've. I'm hoping we've not seen the best of him. No, <laughs> no he's he's, he's, not, he's just not played much, has he? And he obviously was the latest to arrive as well. So it's um, he's still settling in. Jesse's saying that he's likely to start against Palace on Friday. I, I mean, yeah, we we mentioned the lack of width again um, a minute ago, and I. I am intrigued to see him start just to see how he fits into the system and what his role is and how it works because he's kind of been brought in as this Rafinha replacement and actually when Rafinha was playing in that system and kind of tucked in a little bit, it didn't look great, I think it's Mm. fair to say. So I'm hoping he looks a little bit more comfortable in that role. And so to Friday then and Palace, 11.05 kickoff here in the UK. You getting up for that one? (laughs) (laughs) Just about. I should just about drag myself out of bed. The hangover will worn off by me. <laughs> Start again, don't you? Normally at 11 o'clock, you, Michael. Uh, it's the same place as this in uh, in Perthy, up to Stadium, where we played um, Scum three years ago. And then Scum play there again against Villa the day after this game. Oh, the fans can all... All mingle. All, all mingle. Great times. Just get on nicely. Um, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, seeing these games kind of build up on top of one another to see where the fitness is and the and the game plan and the shape. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same as you. And kind of, I just... The lack of width fine if it's a game plan I just I, I fear for what it will bring in the Premier League that's all I just mm. I, I want us to adapt a little bit like we did against Brentford it's strange because I've not worried in well the first Bielsa pre-season is obviously different because it was new but the, the other Bielsa pre-seasons I haven't worried about performances because I've kind of known what to expect from it whereas I think because last season though we did stay up it was unconvincing for quite a lot of it I, I almost want to see more from this pre-season because there's a yeah. lot of new players thrown in the mix and stuff you want to see it all gelling a bit and it's not quite worked I mean the Villa game we, we probably could have probably could have won it could have drawn it it was a I felt like there was not, not much in that couple of penalties defensively I thought we looked fairly decent there was obviously the Watkins chance where he went through but I don't recall I mean that, but that came from an error Cox stood on the ball mm. didn't he yeah I don't recall many other chances and them cutting us open and if, to contrast it to the Villa games last year where they obviously battered us in, the, in the, well at Ellen Road and then they they had like a 15 minute spell of just cutting through us at Villa Park didn't they so it, it did look tighter compared to those games. I don't know, going forward, I still have some concerns, but then I don't think Bamford's fully fit yet. Dan um, James had a couple of good chances. Yeah. Um, he had that. But is, is, he, is he efficient enough though, Dan James? That's the problem. Is I think I agree with Michael. I tend to think that I looked at that and I thought, not quite sure yet where the goals are going to come mm. from. Well, it was, I mean, the interesting thing against Brisbane, which again, there is the caveat that they were crap, but Dan James just hitting the ball and it going in. It's like, yeah, do that. Where was that last season? Don't, don't think, just do and it, and it really worked. Whereas against Villa, it was back to the, ah, come on, you need to be mm. scoring that. At least one of those two chances he had. I think, yeah, there's always a danger of reading too much into pre-season. I think rather than kind of learning things from these games, it kind of gives us things to look out for in future games. The one thing that caught my eye against Villa in the first half, there was a possession stat that came up and I think Villa had about 65% of the ball, but then it came, it flashed up with the forward passes and I think we'd made at least as many of them as Villa or even more so that does suggest that kind of direct style which yeah it, it it wasn't great was it the kind of win the ball high up but then just kick it at Bamford and it can be a bit ugly at times I mean looking forward to Palace it was that game towards the end of last year under Marsh where I was just like what is this what are, what are we trying to do it mm. was just an absolute mess of a game like pinball just in the centre circle it felt where we just didn't seem to have any idea of how to keep hold of the ball and play it through midfield Marsh is saying that in build-up, we are actually looking a bit brighter, which I would tend to agree with him, actually. Yeah, I do, yeah. Um, but it is that thing of once it gets towards the 18-yard box, it's like, right, what are we try to do here? And I like wingers, <laughs> so I still kind of look at it and think, oh, 
Can someone just stand towards the touchline? Yeah, and, and we're not professional for I mean you are Michael a professional football <laughs> coach obviously yeah. extensive coaching experience but, and physio and, and yeah well, that's underselling it I'm a, a doctor a doctor yeah. <laughs> but we've all seen enough football between us to look at it and go oh, go on just go, go wide there's a big bit of pitch there you can use give it a, give it a go out there go on yeah I, I, it's the same conversation as last season isn't it I mean I will say in the Villa game I thought Harrison was poor and if he's part of the width and he's not worked then won't be a problem soon <laughs> yeah, we'll, maybe. Get, we'll get on to that yeah but if if maybe if one of your wingers isn't really functioning then yeah. I guess you are going to lack with that, but yeah I, 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 it didn't look quite right on either side and I, I really like Aronson in the middle and I can see how he's going to improve us there but the width still does concern me a bit I mean that's the thing with Marsh was referring to that, that last season he was referring to that three behind the striker and he didn't call the two wider players wingers he referred to them as wide tens which is why I'm kind of in, interested by Sinistera because he is very much presented as a winger. Mm. Likewise, Harrison is a winger. Likewise, Dan James is a winger because that's why he likes Sam Greenwood know, so I, much. But if you if you look at um, Sinistera's stats, though, he he had a tendency to carry it and shoot last he, season. He was, cut, he was always cutting in from wide. Yeah, he, does, he doesn't really cross. Whereas Rafinha tended to like hug the touchline and go for the byline. But maybe that was a, a byproduct of the Bielsa football. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it's just getting used to this new football, isn't it? And I don't know. We need to see it. Well, we don't need to see it working now. But you just want to see glimpses of all right, yeah, that's what we can look for. Because they are, those three players do just basically stay within the width of the 18-yard box. I thought in the first game against Blackpool, when one winger did actually tend to go wide, but then the other one, the whole team kind of shifted across. Yeah. So the, the opposite side would be almost in line with the centre circle. But I don't know, we'll see. It's still early, isn't it? I feel like from the Blackpool game as well, in terms of the width, Furpo was playing very far forward in that game and mm. he certainly assisted one. There was a one ruled out as well for offside. It was a Joffy one, wasn't it? Yeah. That Furpo had put in. And I don't feel like Davis was playing anything like as far up the pitch mm. uh, in that game. So again, maybe it's maybe it was tactical. Maybe that's because Blackpool were terrible. Maybe it's because Davis doesn't know what he's doing. Who knows? Well, in about three weeks' time, we will. <laughs> we should just buy a left back, shouldn't we? Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
with regards to transfers then, uh, Rafinha has now finally mercifully gone. And I say mercifully because that started to get annoying, didn't it? I, just, I was fed up with it by um, by the time it sort of went through. Just a lot of noise. Fabrizio Romano tapping him in with his 9 million followers, just saying stuff about stuff. Yeah, good luck to him, <laughs> I suppose. Yeah, it was always going to go about. It became clear after the Chelsea bid and the Arsenal interest, which I think we'd never accepted a bid from them, did we? But it was very obvious he wasn't going to go there unless he was absolutely forced to. So it was always likely, I think, that Barcelona would be able to work something out and what they've worked out isn't maybe quite as much money for us. But, I mean, the stuff Rafinha said about it being, you know, a, a dream of his from being a kid. And we know he's from, he's Ronaldinho's his hero and all that sort of stuff. So it's... You can see the, the story arc. You yeah, can, exactly. If, he, if he's had pictures of, you know, Ronaldinho on his bedroom wall in a Barcelona kit and thinking that could be me one day and the dream is literally there for him to just take... <laughs> fair play well his Moscow wrote about it didn't he on the blog on our website saying that uh, basically Rafinha's dad was in a band that Ronaldinho used to cut out to Europe to come and play at his parties and stuff and young Rafinha's out there and gets to know his hero so you, you can understand it so from that from the romantic angle mm. you can completely understand it from a Leeds point of view you just think oh, fuck off with your romance <laughs> It makes, makes me miserable I wonder if he's going to find it as romantic when they're asking him to take a pay cut in about 18 months but that's the thing I th- I thought you were going to say long throw. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you know, actually, just on that, I will quite happily, as soon as we get our last payment from them, I want him to go bust after that. Well, this is the thing. I, I, I'm disappointed to see him go, but it's felt like he's been going all summer. It's just been a question of where and whether Barcelona are going to be able to find this money from somewhere. Now, I sort of kind of find it funny because you look at them and you think, this is mental. Like, they're, they're mortgaging their future to sign, all right, they've signed a few, like Rafinha, like, Christensen from Chelsea and there's Kessie isn't there they're all kind of mid-twenties players but then they're throwing money at Lewandowski I think their other targets are Aspilicueta and Alonso from Chelsea you think you're mortgaging your future to sign a bunch of 30 plus year olds and you think it's mental isn't it yeah it's mad and like I say they're asking that and while this is going on they're asking Dembele to take a pay cut they're asking De Jong to just bugger off with some unpaid wages and you think yeah crack on like but it's sort of demoralising in the same sense that it, this is just how football works and it's, it feels like they're such a massive club now they can just get away with it. Too big to fail. They're Which just it, trying to kick it all down the line I think in the hope that they're saved at some point by yeah. uh, by another Super League or something. There'll be something yeah. someone at some point will come along with a big van load of cash for them and go like it's alright now you can you can afford this. Which of course then they will spend instantly because that's the way football works. This is the thing it's like they're banking on two years time they'll just the Super League thing will get kicked up again. And I always think with that, let them go. Because if they've got themselves in a billion quid worth of debt or whatever it is, what makes you think that they're not just going to get all this money and spunk it on on whatever? And the Super League will become tiresome a lot quicker than people people realise it. Because I've got little interest like in the Champions League these days because it's all just geared towards the same team succeeding. I have real regrets that, well, I mean, it wasn't my decision, obviously, that that we didn't, there wasn't more made of just saying, just boot them out at the yeah. time. Where everyone sort of begged them to come back. And, but, like, but, but the, the, the Premier League, sword, isn't it? Because like we, the, the Premier League would say we need these teams because they bring in all the TV audience. Mm. But there would a bit of me think, can't we just find them extensively and boot them out? Yeah. <laughs> and just, and just find, deal with it. Let, um, let the rest of us Get t- with it, tidy yeah. it up and let them fuck off and do their thing. Oh, well, good luck with me. on club. No. <laughs> Yeah, but it's, it's all because they're uh, at the behest of of their their members, their socios, which is where the word comes from, isn't it? They're all their members who, who own the club, and they then elect the president. So, it, so it doesn't it doesn't mean an ever declining fan token. No, no, I'm glad you chose your words carefully there. But they they're trying to impress their fans, their members, 
well, Laporta is Laporta's gone back in as president, hasn't he? So it's just round. They're basically waiting for the next election cycle, so they need to tidy it all up before the next round of elections is, which I don't know how long that is, four, five years, whatever it might be. But trying to recapture past glories just by, well, it's just it's it's getting another credit card, isn't it, to um, to pay off the previous one, that kind of thing. He'll do well though. I think he's a very good player. Yeah, I do. On the one hand, want to see him succeed because. I like him as a footballer and he brought me great entertainment. I mean, you can't not love what he did to Cahill, for example. That was just <laughs> outstanding just to be there. and Well, we weren't there, but you know, to be there and see some of the other stuff in the flesh that he did was just just brilliant. It's, it's proper, it's just a joy, isn't it, to watch a footballer like that? I think um, that's a good point that we weren't there. And actually it made lockdown kind of bearable knowing that it comes to a weekend, I can watch Bielsa's Leeds absolutely take the piss in the Premier League and I'm going to watch this outrageous winger who mm-hmm. I'd never heard of until he signed absolutely take the piss out of other fullbacks and it was just fun and it was great for well it was really fun for a season and then he basically kept us up for the second season so you think do you know what as much as I think Barcelona are laughing stock good on you Rafa it was amazing to watch you play for Brazil and just immediately look like their best player and for a Leeds player to do that is mad so fair enough we are due to speak to Angus Kinnear before the season starts because loads of people have been asking, saying, when are they going to come in and speak to you? As, as we understand it, yes, they are. They've agreed to do so. He said he's going to come in. I'd like to ask about the the transfer fees and where we've gone for what we've gone for and what the thinking behind it is. Is it because we wanted to spend ourselves and have the money in the bank and you know has it been paid up front, that kind of thing? Was, was £35 million enough for Jack Harrison? We can ask him. Well, we'll soon see if... Uh, we'll see, as Jackie said. We'll see if that is... Uh, <laughs> is the case if he goes as well. Looks like we're wanting, what, about 30, 35 million for him. Would you sell him at that or at that price or would that just be too much churn for one summer for you? It's a fair price for him. It's just a bit risky. It feels like we're going to be going into a, the season potentially with like an entirely new team. So is it better to stick with him as a known quantity than to risk selling him and potentially getting someone better? I don't know. It's, it's tough. It's hard it? because the, mod, the way the model, the Leicester model works is that you sell people at the top of their their value and I don't if we did if they did give us 30 35 million for Harrison I don't see us ever selling him for more than that necessarily and Newcastle are in this point where it seems like he's not top of their list but they seem to think he's gettable in a way that some of the other targets might not be so they might massively overpay for him here and then we can spend that money wisely and be better as a result I mean it is worth saying there was um, an athletic sort of mailbag uh, a couple of weeks back for Newcastle's sort of transfer targets and it mentioned Harrison and it basically said they're not willing to meet the valuation. It sounds like they want to pay 20. Yeah, and I think he's got, has he got two years left on his mm-hmm. deal? So he's in that Calvin Rafinha bracket where if we don't sell him this summer, you've got to give him a new contract basically, haven't you? And if you give him a new contract, you, I think you do need him to get better, which I think he is capable of doing to be fair. And I think as a core member of the squad for the last, what, four years is it mm-hmm. now? I can't quite remember. Yeah, I'd rather him stick around just because things are changing within the squad. It feels like quite quickly this summer, six new players or whatever it is. A little bit more upheaval, I, I don't know if I'd necessarily want to see that. Mm. I mean, the other argument with this, and I wonder if this factors into Leeds United's thinking, is that, right, okay, whatever he's on now, let's say we give him an improved contract, four years, maybe five years. Four years at 70 grand a week is 14 and a half million quid you commit into it. You know, mm. So do they... Look at that and say, well, we could if we could get thirty million for him, thirty-two million, we sell him. We're not committed to that. We bring somebody in who's on a low, lower wage. I wonder how, how much that factors into it and what the club's finances are in relation to stuff like salary. Because I think I think that's had a bearing on some of our transfer activity more than we might think. Like people have said, hasn't it been poor that they've let 
well, it's Harrison, Phillips and Rafinha all get down to two years in the same summer. And I wonder, is, is it just that they won't want to commit the wages by, if they'd done Phillips a year ago, could we afford to have put him on 100 grand a week? Mm, and it's more like Harrison, he's probably worth 70, 80 grand a week as it is. But if he has a, if he drops out of form or if he, I don't know, he doesn't feel indispensable, which maybe is wrong because he, he has played more or less every game for like four years. So maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe we should think of him in, in mm. those terms. It feels like we've never quite, we've never quite agreed on Harrison. There's always, there's always been a number of Leeds fans who, who are sort of sick of him. Um, and Do you like, know what it is? I think play, it, just play Jack Clark. I think it's probably just because he's play fi- Somerville because he's fine. Mm. Mm. Rather, he's not spectacular in that he's not one of those. Like, he's not like Rafinha who will do a trick and beat a man. He he rarely goes around the outside and beats someone, does he? But he's he's just a really tidy footballer, and maybe we don't appreciate that enough. I think that's the thing. He's kind of well. I was going to say he's unsexy, but he's very sexy. But you know what I mean. <laughs> His strengths are kind of unsexy in that he works really hard and he's really persistent, and he might be frustrating. But actually, if you look at his numbers by the end of last season. They were actually all right. I think maybe the frustration was that first season in the Premier League, he seemed to have a big improvement in him. And likewise, in the second Bielsa season, it improved from the first. Whereas last season, it felt like he stagnated a little bit. But again, that's how football works. Like It's not just going to be a linear progression of getting yeah. better and better and better every season. And yeah, like I just think he's, he's a valuable member of the squad. It's that thing of low maintenance and maybe not the highest of performances, but still good enough, I think. He's like a 7 out of 10 player, mm. I think. Well, there's always been interest in Jack, but I know he's happy here. For me, Jack is a big part of the plans moving forward. That was Jesse's comments when he'd said in a previous interview, hadn't he, that maybe if a board, if a bid came in, the board might have to consider it, mm. which again, I think poured a little bit of fuel on the fire in that. But no matter how true it is, you don't necessarily need to say that. I mean, it's, it's stating the obvious in a way because, if, you know, anyone's got a price, haven't they? If you get a, if you get a ridiculous offer for, yeah. for anyone, you're going to consider it. So, yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd keep him for now. I don't think, unless there is a very clear plan in place. I suppose if, if someone said to me, we're going to instead sell him for 30 million and for that you're going to get a 20 million pound left back and another winger, I could be sold on that. Because <laughs> I, I do genuinely think we desperately need a left back. Because Firpo has been not very good and injured all the time. Like he's never, he's, he never gets more than five or six games in it seems yeah. before he gets injured. So we just can't rely on him. I mean, and, I mean how much evidence do you need and, that, that it's a problem area? And Dallas is not going to be fit until well after Christmas, so and possibly not at all next season because it's a it's a massive injury he's had. So Davis was not part of the plan last summer, so I can't see him being part of the plan moving forward unless we keep him on until we sign someone else just as a backup. So there is there is a left back in the squad, but I I mean I I would like to keep Jackie and sign a left back. One of the changes in position this summer has been that we won't fall into what has been um, billed as the same trap that we fell into under Bielsa, which was a squad that's too small and maybe not acting to bring in reinforcements because when player X comes back from injury, then we've got a surplus player in the squad. That was that was an argument that was levelled a lot when, when Bielsa was here. I mean, some of us would like to have seen it managed differently. It was one of the things we said in January, why didn't they go get a midfielder when it was quite clearly a problem area? We don't know the truth of the situation uh, behind the scenes, whether Bielsa would have taken a midfielder or not, but that's the story that's emerged. So they're moving on from that If we team- this, this summer. So what I'm saying is, surely we can't fall into the same trap again of saying, well, Firpo will be back soon because he's shown nothing in terms of consistency mm. or fitness yet. So why don't we ensure ourselves against that problem happening again? Mm. It just seems like common sense to me. I think it'd be different if we'd seen Firpo play 35 games last year, really good, sort of 7, 8 out of 10 every week, and you're just waiting for him to come back and you're maybe thinking, well, no one's getting near him if we, um, you know, if he's fit. He's definitely a starter, and you can see why you wouldn't want to 
you know, you won't want to bring in someone else. As it is, I kind of wouldn't mind us bringing in someone else anyway. I, I think even if he was outstanding, you'd still want somebody in there to, to fill out the squad. I think we can't we can't get too caught up on the idea of having surplus players now because otherwise we will just get left behind in this division as we saw last year was a you know, we flirted far too closely with relegation for my liking and you could argue the squad depth was a large part of that. Yeah, I actually thought going into the summer we could do with two left backs. I wanted one to replace Purple in, in the first team in the starting eleven, and then I thought there was a there's a gap in the 23s. Well, mm. 21s is, is now for a left back there because they don't have one. I suppose Leif Davis could do it if he's going to hang around. But then if there's money on the table from Ipswich, which is what Phil Hayes saying, that they actually think is a good bid as well. And again, that shows you what they kind of value him at. Like, about if, a million quid, by if, basically. Yeah. So is, is that the Premier League left back we need? I don't think it is. And I think um, the combination of very good Davis and um, Ipswich reminded me of Bielsa. <laughs> it's it, Ipswich. Ipswich. Which, yeah. uh, which was great. We got Sonny Perkins anyway, didn't we? Um, who's been um, long rumoured. Yeah, good West Ham team cross, so I think he's probably quite good. I mean, they nicked him from Leighton Orient when he was 14. And then so someone will swings nick, and roundabouts. And then someone will nick him from us in a bit and we'll, we'll be cross. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing with agents, isn't it? The, it's fine when you, it's like when Deco picked up the phone to Alter and said you can get Rafinha. And we all went, oh, he's good lad, he's Deco. Well done yeah. for making that call. This summer he's a dick. <laughs> so uh, Such is football, though. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, West Ham put out quite a... Um, an angry statement about it basically accusing us of tapping him up. Well, us and I think potentially several teams of tapping him up. Mm. So we'll see. That's just, that's just how all transfers work now, it seems, isn't it? Like the, the talk with Rafinha is that he basically said he agreed in February with Barcelona, all his personal terms and stuff. And so it's just, it's what happens, isn't it? Football full of dickheads. <laughs> uh, I think I like the, the policy of bringing in young talent and it seems there is now a clear pathway for young players to our first team. I think that's one of our big selling points. It's certain, I think it's a risk in the Premier League, but it's definitely, I think it's it's a feather in um, in Orta's cap that they're doing this. I don't necessarily think he's done loads of other stuff that merits you know feathers in the cap yet this season. I, guess, I think we'll be the acid test of that, won't it? But in terms of the pathway for young players, I mean, you look at what's happened to Joffe mm. and, well, plenty of other young players. It's And it's clear we're signing JB that they see it as a good place to be. Yeah, well, it, it, our first team squad will likely contain Strauch, Gelhard, Greenwood, and they, between them, cost like a couple of million quid, didn't they? So, two or three million pounds. So, if you can get Premier League players for that sort of a price, it obviously is a, a strategy worth pursuing. I know with, um, we don't quite know what we're paying for, for him yet, do we? For Sonny Perkins, because it's, he was out of contract, but then you end up paying a fee anyway, don't you? Because of his age and he'd been offered a contract and there's all sorts of... Um, I don't quite understand how the process works because it's not like a it's not a fixed fee, is it? At this stage, it's is it not with the because uh, this all goes back to the elite player performance plan, E Triple P, that was put in place with the new four tier academy system, where it sort of it fixed fees for pinching players from other academies, didn't it? Below it was a certain set, age. It, but... it was set up really well for big teams to nick young players from smaller teams. Yeah, because if you if you were a higher academy you could basically pay people a fixed fee to nick all their best like 16-year-olds because he's 18. I'm not sure if the rules are slightly different. Mm. I mean, we'll, ask, we'll ask Phil Hay, you might know. Have you seen that um, Brentford have relaunched their academy as well because they've basically got to. I mean, I know we talk about them all the bloody time on here, don't we? <laughs> she might as well be just an extension of B-Sotted, but they did away with their academy some years back and put in place a B-team so they could they'd go and play fixtures against other like teams from around Europe and stuff like that, and which they're keeping their B team, but the Premier League have changed the rules, so you've got to have at least a Tier 3 academy in another couple of years. So they've reopened their academy as of now, but at Tier 4, which is like the lowest rung on the ladder. So they'll have to upgrade it and increase their spending to make it at least Tier 3 if they stay up, which yeah. is obviously doubtful. They'll be back in the Championship before long anyway, won't they? <laughs> 
said with a wry smile. That that could come back to haunt us horrifically in May. <laughs> as, but you know, as could we? Yeah, we'll live by the sword and die by the sword and all that. Charles de Caetelet, who could this could move by the time this comes out. Who knows? It feels like that one's coming to a head, doesn't it? With Milan making a lot of noise uh, around what they're gonna do. I mean, they're going back to me slating Romano earlier on. He just seems to tweet. Uh, it seemed to me like there was a coordinated effort last night, Monday night. Him and Damasio both tweeting stuff out where their sporting director or whoever it is has, has got in touch, dripped them a little bit of information, saying, yep, we're going to go back in Wednesday. Wednesday, in a couple of days, we'll, uh, we will uh, put in a big bid and we will get him. He's, he's basically done it every day for about two weeks now, Romano, just tweeting, it's getting closer. Milan yeah. de Kessler, here we go. It's getting closer. Inching it's closer getting closer. And like, gonna, a meeting will be arranged to put a bit. Just fucking email them. It's not news though, is it? It's like nothing's email, changed. I don't know if you know, email arrives instantly. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah, it, I mean, we're not getting him, are we? I don't, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I, I, I don't know. It feels... If we get him, I, I almost don't want him now because mm. he don't want it enough. He, he don't really want to come, Can you he, blame so. him for wanting to go to Milan? Yes. Fair enough. I hold it against him. <laughs> but uh, um, they obviously reckon there's a chance or they wouldn't still have the bid on the table, wouldn't you? And it's um, if it's pricing Milan out, I think that'd be dead funny. I think that's a good reason to get him is just to do a bit of dick swinging. I mean, we might we might be leaving our bid in just to keep Milan on the toes. Yeah. Just for fun. Just to let, Yeah, that's what I mean. Just to let them know that we're here. Yeah. Can if, we, if, we, if we wanted, could pay more. <laughs> if he'd come, which he won't. Don't matter, though, does it? <laughs> but anyway, we hope we can, enjoy. We can make you pay more. Yeah, which is, uh, it's the Leeds way, I think. Just I've, be... I've got, I don't know, I've, I've just got a, I don't know, I might be wrong, it might be somebody else, it probably will be somebody else, actually. Um, I'd, I'd love to see him here just sulking around Ellen Road, absolutely hate it. <laughs> he'd have a lovely time, he'd come in and he would hear, hear the atmosphere against Wolves and he'd go, this is amazing, this is absolutely amazing. Never any, mind that. Any chance of a January loan to Milan? <laughs> Never mind the weather, the lifestyle and all that in Milan, this is where I want to be. He could have a he could have a good lifestyle in Leeds. He could have a very good lifestyle in Leeds, doing great for a little wretch. Uh, I, I will, <laughs> I will, I'll take all that back if we do sign him. But let's let's see what happens. I do I do tend to yeah, I do tend to think that um, it will be somebody else. But that will be interesting to see how that factors into our attacking play, won't it? Like you just feel like that extra body in there, just somebody like because Bamford, it feels like they're just kid gloves and him back towards fitness after his um, after his various problems last season. I mean, Bamford Bamford was saying a week or so ago that he still does have pain in his foot which he says is to be expected and it's it kind of eases as he as he carries on but yeah they, they do seem to be taking it really cautiously with him and you can almost see when he plays that he's very much catching up I mean he can't even put the captain's armband on the right way so yeah it, I think we are going to need patience with him on the other hand Joffe I think has looked very very good in pre-season mm. caveat of who he's been playing against I think with Joffe he he's looks so good at times that I almost think left back is more important than a striker at the minute mm. because I think Joffe is a better striker than Junior Fairboy is a left back if you know what I mean like, I don't think we should have to choose Rob I think we should go get both well that'd be great yeah if we can do that yeah cool to be, to be perfectly honest ever since I've seen Gelhart I've just thought just play him he yeah. looks so he just looks so good every time I've seen him whether it's for the under 23s and when he's stepped up he doesn't seem to struggle against a higher level of opponent which I think is, is one thing because sometimes you see people over the years, you've seen hundreds of people look good in the reserves and then you you get excited about them and you drop them in the first team and stuff just doesn't come off for them because the, the little trick they do in the reserves is against a sort of a, a child or a, a half-assed 34-year-old coming back from injury. But it just seems to work for Gala. He can do it. So I do want to see more of him this year. And I think we will. I think so. I think this is his proper breakout season, this. I think it feels like he's taken more steps forward. I think he's he's more first team now than he was last season. Yeah, well, they are sorting out a new contract for him, aren't they? Apparently. So 
he can have that breakout season once he's nice and tied down. Uh, one of the players that has been linked is um, Martin Terrier, to give him his, uh, his foot. Martin Terrier, to anglicise his name, mm. from, uh, as Moscow would say, <laughs> when it's Ren. Yeah. Yeah, it's from uh, from my YouTube scouting that I've done, he does look like a, a more of a Bamfordy type, does uh, does Terry. It's amazing how everyone looks good on YouTube, isn't it? Yeah. Have you ever seen anybody look bad on YouTube? Um, Viedvald. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> and Habib Habibu, it was mainly him throwing a duck, wasn't it? Was yeah. it was his YouTube. Um, that wasn't necessarily on his highlights reel, though, was it? That was just like, a, this is a footballer throwing a duck. Yeah, but there wasn't much else, as, as I remember. Mm. Like he, That was more or less the first thing that came up with us, whereas every other player we're linked with, it says, welcome to Juventus or but something. I'll tell you what, though. Habibu far more enjoyed playing for Leeds than De Ketelow, Will. That's true, but that's because... More grateful. Yeah, exactly. He was. Um, he knew it was. It was not going to get any better for him. Yeah, he loved it so much. We sent him on holiday early before the end of the season as a treat. <laughs> you don't need to come in anymore. Just go have a nice rest. Terrier, <laughs> well, uh, uh, twenty-one goals last season. He's twenty-five years old. They want quite a lot of money for him. Oh, uh, rumors of up to forty million euro, which is you know north of thirty-three, thirty-two. I guess. I guess in but... terms of their ownership, it wouldn't be a great look to sell us a player on the cheap again, given mm. um, Rafinha's just gone for. They've just had a kickback from it. What's wrong with them? Yeah. They did their share, haven't they? Yeah. But they bought him two years ago from Lyon for 12 million euro. Seems a bit cheeky asking for 40 million now, doesn't it? <laughs> Knock that down a little bit. But obviously, he looks good on YouTube, doesn't he? I think we should have him if we don't have uh, Ketela. Yep. It feels like the club want to make a, like, a statement signing, doesn't it? Him and uh, Sekumara. Yeah, I've not heard of him, Sekumara. No, I'd, I'd not heard of him either. So the other day it was in the mail on Sunday. But yes. Oh, um, so oh right. So he's at Bordeaux, and Bordeaux have just been booted down the leagues, haven't they, for financial irregularities? They're like League One Bordeaux now. League One, League Trois. I think they're in now. Oh, Trois. <laughs> I, I don't know how the the, the numbering is. It's as confusing as England, where they make them all sound good. Um, Imagine if um, the English football authorities were as strong armed with the uh, with the clubs that fucked about in our leagues. Well, they're here in League One, aren't they? They are, but Got they there did, in the end. Did that, did that all by themselves, <laughs> I think, didn't they? It just took a little bit of time for it to catch up with them. But yeah, 15 million for they want for, for someone in the third division. Too G- much. Give them two. And links to uh, Ben Brereton Diaz at Blackburn, who still seem to be wanting 20 million quid, even though he's down. Is he not down to a final year or did they do the one year extension? I don't know. I don't care enough. I feel like championships just. just- beneath us now just adding Diaz to his name seems to have changed his profile massively everyone's mm. sort of like oh, he might actually well, be decent well, right? he, had a, he had a bit of a hot streak didn't he but then went off the boil um, second half of uh, of last season I mean it's a bit when, when you see some of the names have been linked within the sort of uh, the, 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 the the area we're shopping in now you kind of go ah meh yeah I, I feel like I need to see more evidence of him being good because he's had well he had a decent season last year but not even for all of it mind you Terrier has only really had that. one proper big season hasn't he but he's called Terrier. And doesn't, he, that, doesn't that make him worth more? Potentially. Um, and he probably would have been capped by France by now, wouldn't he, if he didn't have so many talented players in his position in front of him. Can Diaz play left-back? <laughs> Still no links to left-backs. Why not? There's the kid at Stoke, Timor. <laughs> Are we not? Joshua Timor? Si. Oh, si. We're going Spanish now instead of French. I was going for French. All of the above. Okay. Yeah, I suppose there's him. Can't we get a good like not not to be mean to him? Can't we get like a really good one? That Milan want. Yes, <laughs> ideally. So left back then, please. Another attacker. We're going for those. Do you still want more midfielders, Michael? Yeah, just another two or three. Um, some more cleaning products from uh, Astonish. Those uh, great bunch of lads. Uh, well, I've got a few more. I've got some more. <laughs> <laughs> got some more in my box actually. If what you want, uh, 
toilet both isn't fresh. Uh, got a hob cleaner. That's, huh? uh, that's that's nice in there. Um, some soap because you can clean your body with some of this stuff too. We've got some uh, got some shower gel here as well. So yeah, I'm going to go get myself uh, get myself lathered up if you want to watch. Don't the bleach. Can you don't don't wash yourself with bleach? No, bad for you. What about anal bleaching? <laughs> um, a, a treat for the eyes. <laughs> 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 but, um, on this week's extra ball <laughs> but a bit of a stinger I would guess and and not using Astonish no, products don't use Astonish products on your, on your anus do not no <laughs> unless it's the body wash yes of which course. you're fine to use on your anus <laughs> I'll report back next week <laughs> and if anyone from Astonish would like to comment, comment on any of that if you want to sponsor us by the way we're up for it we'll stop associating your products with anuses uh, does that wrap it's it no up? way to speak of me <laughs> does that wrap it up for this week then it does I'm just going to put some hot day I'm going to put some fabric refresher on rather than uh, wash your clothes uh, yeah. put a bit of that under there <laughs> excellent uh, well thank you for joining us on this one we'll return with uh, another weekly roundup next week and uh, let us know how you get on with your uh, assortment of absolutely scabbed goodies <laughs> little cheapskate we'll see you in a bit the square ball podcast 